Welcome back to the Armchair Trader podcast. On the podcast today, we're talking to Cleantech Lithium, arguably, and certainly in our opinion, one of the hottest uh, lithium stocks on the London market at the moment. And uh, we're lucky to have Aldo Boitano, who is the CEO of Cleantech Lithium, uh, in the studio today to talk to us a little bit more about, about the project and about progress with it. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Aldo. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Now, uh, there will be some investors who haven't actually heard of Clean Tech Lithium previously. So could you give us just a short, a short summary of, of the company and the projects you're working on uh, in Chile? Yes, Clean Tech Lithium was set up as a new path for lithium in Chile with low impact and sustainable lithium extraction. We have three strategic lithium projects in Chile who account for more than 500 square kilometers in the license areas that we have. The total lithium resource uh, exceeds 2 million tons of, of lithium. Uh, 800,000 of, of them are indicated and measured, and uh, remaining are inferred. And we'll have more upgrades on that uh, in, now in the, before the end of, of the year and then the beginning of the next quarter. We have uh, two wholly owned licenses. The, the ones we've developed the most, the Buenaverde and Francisco Basin, who sit up in the southern tip of the lithium triangle. There's no competing lithium projects in the area. And because we have these projects at 4,300 meters above sea level, there's a little flora and fauna and, do, and no indigenous communities. <clears throat> we have a very experienced board and management that has developed these projects uh, in Chile. Uh, we listed on the AIM on March 17, on 2022. Uh, we raised uh, pre-IPO 4 million pounds and 5.6 in the pre-IPO and IPO funds. And we just completed two weeks ago an additional raising of 12.3 million pounds. And in terms of the actual size of the project, how does that measure up against other lithium projects that are out there at the moment? Yeah, the, the 2 million tons are a significant uh, amount of resources. We plan to increase that and according to our two brokers, Canaccord and Fox Davis, we should uh, go up to 4 and 5 million tons. That That's in a size comparable to Lake Resources, a company whose value at $1.4 billion, we're currently uh, around $50 million. So there's a lot of uh, uptake. We're just, uh, let's say, a couple of months behind them, uh, and but we'll get there. And you mentioned sustainability of the project. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit more about what makes it a sustainable project and why it's important for something like this to be a sustainable project in the first place? Yeah, it's not only sustainable, but a low impact and a low carbon emissions, almost zero. Uh, we, we have been working since we started the company in 2017. I'm one of the two co-founders uh, with direct lithium extraction. Uh, by deploying direct lithium extraction technology, uh, we're looking for sustainability for lithium extraction. Why? Because the brine is pumped to a processing unit in the surface. There's a resin used to extract only the lithium. 100% of the spent brine uh, in an organic way can be re-injected. There's no evaporation pumps, no aquifer depletion. And then uh, everything, it's, it's faster too. It only takes hours once you have the plant set up and the construction lead of a plant is nine months. And uh, evaporation pumps or the traditional way of working with brine take uh, a year, year and a half to construct. And then the whole process is 320 days of a series of pools, six, seven, or eight, 
Uh, and the other thing important, not only sustainable and low impact is more efficient uh, because it, uh, it's uh, at the resin level, you have a 95% recovery rate. And then the overall process is anywhere between 80 and 85 versus evaporation points was uh, around 40 to 45. So it's, it's almost double the, the recovery rate. Uh, it's, it's revolutionary in the sense that many companies are starting to try this, but it's been around since 1998 in Solar in Argentina called Liven, where they don't have evaporation points. And our partner, uh, who we signed an MOU and we're working together on piloting and the pilot plan, Sun Resin from China. They had three producing lakes in salty lakes in China of lithium. They signed a, a, a they did a PFS with a company in, in Utah. And, and now we, the reason I said nine months to construct a, a, a full plant, EPC style, is because they're doing that in Argentina. They only took them five months to send 134 containers to, to Argentina. It's only 200 kilometers away from our properties. And uh, they're building the plant is 25,000 tons per year production. And presumably the sustainability of the actual projects, and you mentioned the impact as well, the low impact, uh, makes it a preferable source of lithium for some buyers in the market. I'm thinking here, for example, um, EV companies, battery makers in Europe. Yes, yes, yes. Well, not only that, I forgot to mention one key aspect of being sustainable. We're going to use 100% renewable energies. Uh, and, and and that's because there's plenty of it in, in Chile. I actually worked and developed uh, three projects that account for 800 megawatts of solar renewable energy. But yes, yeah, the, the European market uh, is getting stricter and stricter. Uh, the U.S. also is getting stricter in the sense uh, not of the, the traceability or the or the or how the lithium is produced, but uh, only can be, by 2026, can only be produced by, uh, by um, making all the parts of the battery can only be made by people in the, the US, and then also from, from countries where they have free trade agreements. Chile is the only country that has a free trade agreement with the US that produces lithium. We, we as an economy have 85% of the world's economy in free trade agreements with us. Oh, gotcha. And, and you, you, you yourself have quite a bit of exp- uh, experience in the, um, the clean energy space. So you, you bring something that's a little bit more extra to the, to the table for clean tech lithium. Yeah. Like, like I said, I, I've been working all my life in mining and renewable energies project. I live and work abroad uh, for 12 years. I'm currently based in Chile study in civil industrial engineering, then got an MBA in the U.S. and a doctoral degree in the U.S. And uh, I really like projects to be from, from startups to construction. We also have a chairman, Steve Kessler, who was a doctor in hydrometallurgy, who went from the early beginnings of the Escondida to make it into the largest copper mine of the world. He lived 30 years here. And then he was the CEO of Koyawasi, also from early stages into construction, making it the second largest copper company of the world. So that has permeated to the team. We have a strong team in Chile and Jersey and in London, where we have offices. And uh, the ambition and values are to move the, the, the projects forward, to produce the greenest battery grade lithium for the EV future. Uh, we have, we were seeking to create a safe workplace. We work on the past drilling seasons, 21,000 hours without a single accident. Uh, we are improving the environment that we operate in. 
We're working on a, we have an ESG focus and uh, just our committee is to have carbon neutrality and net zero. Can you give us some some um, more detail on the your um, first JORC estimate for the project? Yeah, we actually have two JORC uh, JORC. One is Una Verde. We originally listed, listed with 1.2 million tons, mostly uh, inferred, and now it's 1.5, and uh, 800,000 of them is measured and indicated. Uh, that's enough to produce 30,000. I mean, 20,000 tons per, per, per annum of lithium for 30 plus years. In Francisco Basin, who we, we have a maiden resource with just one hole, very well done, deep and, uh, and, and a big diameter, uh, that has a half a million uh, tons. That's our second yard of inferior resource. And we plan to expand both with the drilling campaigns just started. We released an RNS uh, like two weeks ago. That we're mobilizing the equipment out, out to both places. We're going to run again as just the previous season, two simultaneous drilling campaigns. And our aim is to move that number up to four or five and compare to like resources and others. But, but already now we, are, we have more resources like, like companies like uh, Great Salt Lake or, or companies in, the, in various parts of the world. And you were recently uh, carrying out a site visit, looking at local services and infrastructure. Yeah, we, the, the, our CFO is the happiest person <laughs> because he's projecting uh, no investment in infrastructure. There's a, a paved highway that goes to Laguna Verde, and it's an international highway that goes from Copiapó into Argentina. It's uh, in, in Francisco Basin. We have four access roads. Some of them come down from this international highway. Uh, there's uh, a two kilometers electrical station in Francisco Basin, a substation, and uh, it's, it's easy to connect. And then we have uh, 56 kilometers only from another substation with ample capacity to connect for Laguna Verde, who in mining terms is it's nothing. With a power purchase agreement, uh, you can build into the, into the price of the, of, the, of the electricity. You can build uh, that, that line. And Yamara, who is a project, is a greenfield project, much north, close to Salar de la Cama, the largest reserves of the world. That's the place where most of the solar plants are. There's a high voltage, low voltage. Uh, there's cell phone coverage in two of the three basins. It's much infrastructure, and that was uh, carried out uh, recent and more detailed uh, survey visits. We are going to be releasing in the next month or so a scoping study that amounts to the preliminary economic assessment for Laguna Verde will give value to the project. And before the end of the year, we're going to be finishing the same from Francisco Basin. We're basically de-risking the projects, giving more certainty to the market. And that will be followed by a PFS, a preliminary feasibility study who's more accurate, who's going to work in next year for both projects. We expect to drilling in, in I mean, that the drilling we're going to carry on on Yamara with this money we just raised. We'll also add a maiden resource, and we're gonna, we we expect to to improve the, the drill some more there in that basin as, as we expect and finding lithium. And uh, yes, you've just recently raised over, uh, I believe, twelve million pounds. Yeah. What will that help the company to achieve? Yeah, we, we the, the two drilling campaigns that we're running now, and the third for Yamara, were not part of the original money we raised for the IPO, so that's where we're spending most of that. Um, we. The reasons we updated the resources and have the maiden resources is because we drill deeper and did more sampling, so that increased the cost of the previous drilling campaign. 
So, so that's what we plan to do. Uh, but at the same time, we've been boasting our, our management and staff more than expected and to deliver an extensive forward work program with the environmental lines, environmental uh, studies, uh, hydrological studies. And the reason we, we raised money is because the major shareholders encourage us to, to give ourselves a greater financial firepower. Uh, and we follow, we follow that lead. Uh, overall, we, 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 we were very successful race. We was well oversubscribed with nearly 80% coming from existing shareholders. And uh, yes, and, and was done at the 47p, only with a 4% discount to the last 10-day weighted average on the market. And this was 57% above the IPO price. So th those are the, the additional costs that I mentioned in hydrogeological studies, in, in the more extensive environmental impact study, uh, management and staffing, and, uh, and uh, the drilling in the tree uh, sites. And I mean, in terms of CapEx, um, just for those who are maybe not as familiar with lithium versus other types of mining, it doesn't really require the same level of you know, the massive amount of infrastructure investment that, say, you know, even a gold or a copper mine would require, would it? No, yeah, this is pumping brine from subsurface aquifers, having a net of, uh, of, of directional drilling down below to minimize in the surface the the bores, then you pump it into the direct lithium extraction plant. A 20, and, and the Argentinia construction by Sun Resin gives a pretty accurate uh, uh, capex. We we actually went on the on the listing documents, and back in March we also had quotes from them. So, but roughly for a 20,000 per year operation, uh, a plant uh, will cost uh, the capex will be around four hundred US dollars. As we move forward with the scoping study in the PFS, we might. Uh, reduce that and start with the 10,000 plan. They're scalable. So it could be that we start with the 10,000 plan in one side and that provide the funds for further expansion as the net present value of the projects and the current price of lithium is way, way high, around $74,000. We are only planning 22,500 on the long term. So roughly overall, it's, it's $400 million for each of the 220,000 ton plants. So it's 800 million dollars overall the capex but we we plan to like i said it depends on the suggestions from the scoping study and the, and the pfs do it in a more scalable way we'll, we'll see you mentioned there the the uh market for lithium what's your what's your impression of of the the lithium market going forward over the medium term um, in terms of demand and pricing well as, as the as the world moves forward on 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 the, the electric vehicle uh, demand, the, the lithium demand forecast is to raise. This is sourced by Canaccord Genuity, our broker, uh, back in, two, in, in, in August of 222. They said that we need to move from 350,000 tons of LCE, lithium carbonate equivalent, in 220 to 2.5 million tons of uh, lithium carbonate equivalent in 2030, and then over 7 million tons of lithium carbon equivalent in, in 2040. Uh, Europe is a key growth market for lithium, the demand forecast to increase by 20 this decade alone. But at the same time, the UE, the European Union has announced a strict CO2 footprint limits on the lithium battery supply chain. So we're right on, on, the, on all those things, tickling all those things. 
and the, the the lithium you're putting out from from these sites is also pretty high grade, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We 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 run a, 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 our own direct lithium extraction work to produce one kilo of battery grade lithium. Uh, the requirement is ninety nine point five purity. We had ninety nine point nine purity, and uh, we got this certified in a lab in Germany uh, for battery grade lithium. And now we are importing from from the subsidiary of Sunresin in Belgium. They have two subsidiaries there, uh, a, a very small unit of direct lithium extraction to produce small quantities of lithium that we plan to send, certify again, and send to off takers and end users, battery producers, so they can uh, start working on the computerized programs of of, the, of, of our lithium in the, into their the production. And then that will be followed. We're going we're going to be deployed in the next six months or so, and we're working on the final details of a pilot plant to produce one ton of lithium. And then we'll say hundreds of kilos to the same vendors and off-takers who started working with this small unit plant, and that will uh, allow them to construct batteries. So by the time we're producing lithium and selling lithium in 2025, we have already proved to the market the quality of our lithium cell. It's a very good question. Thank you. Well, that sounds excellent. What's the? Um, I want to also ask you about the posture of the the local government in Chile. I mean, how how are they? What's their view on on the on the lithium mining industry? And and do you expect uh, any support? Yeah, the, the government the government all all the time is, is has an emphasis on lowering environmental impact and CO two emissions from mining. We've had very positive feedback from authorities for clean tech's plan on direct lithium extraction and renewable energy based processing. And it aligns perfectly with the government agenda for the lithium industry. Uh, Chile has been on a pro-investment agenda. The president and the treasury minister, uh, the mining minister, was uh, last week in London. And uh, we approached uh, some of the cabinet members. Our board is coming to Chile the last week of uh, November, the first week of December, and also meeting with authorities. Again, the, the, the comparing to... It's, it's a lot of the camera who have large, larger operations for um, some more than 50 square kilometers. That, and they, they live, they have uh, their facilities in, in, in the place where there's indigenous communities. Uh, we, uh, we have no harm to the environment. We have no aquifer depletion. We have a small footprint. And th all that has been taken very positively. Some of our projects have been taken to international gatherings by the government itself. And we're just looking forward a path to, to the the, the production with them, the final permits. And I know it's, it's probably very hard for you to um, predict this, but in terms of the actual output from from the mine once it's up and running, is there a particular market you would expect it to go to? I know it's probably still difficult to gauge that at this stage. Yeah, it, it is difficult. We for for one 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 important matter that I haven't mentioned is. We are one of the only listed companies and at this stage of development who doesn't have an offtake agreement. We plan to have that uh, as, as, as we finish the scoping study, we get into the pre-disability study and, uh, and sign one of those household names, big battery cars, producers, or, or even mining companies. And now we're getting like Rio Tinto getting into the mining space. And that will, will produce very likely an offtake agreement. So part of the production will go to one of those companies. We've already been approached by, by that, but we're holding larger conversations until we have a more certainty and more economic value of the project. But uh, like I said, Francisco Basin 
be ready the scoping study before the end of the year. And Laguna Verde, we already have a draft that we're working and uh, it will be probably in the next months or so, we'll be ready to tell the market. So that will take part of the, the production into one place. But again, we're looking to the European market and the big giga factories being built for battery production. Yeah, I, I expect that that could actually be a huge ga- game t- changer for you guys mm-hmm. um, once that once that demand really comes online over the next few years. I think it's just, so to all those new investors that are, are out there, I think it's very important that uh, they, they recognize that we are looking to produce the greenest lithium of the world or with a, in a great mining jurisdiction, that's of Chile. Uh, again, we have a board and management who's very experienced. And the, the invitation is to this unrivaled opportunity to invest in a very undervalued lithium opportunity. It's been, the stock market has been growing, but uh, certainly we have a lot of space to keep growing. Well, certainly very significant in, in uh, what have been tough market conditions that uh, your share price has been going up uh, when a lot of other miners has been going down. So I think that in itself is significant. Thank you very much indeed for coming on the, on the call today, Aldo. Thank you. You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.thearmchairtrader.com for your daily dose of financial markets news and sign up to our free newsletter there.